Welcome to Algo If You Go, a Save the Redwoods League podcast. Through conversations with emergent outdoor leaders, community-based organizations, and park partners, we are building community and illuminating how Californians from all walks of life think about and experience outdoor recreation and conservation in the Redwoods and beyond. I'll go if you go, because when we explore nature together in community, the experience is all the more powerful. I'm your host, Leslie Parra, the Outreach Program Manager for Save the Redwoods League. joining us in celebration of the new year and to new beginnings with our guest Miguel Marquez, who was born and raised in Oakland, California, and who has experienced many new beginnings throughout his decade-long career, connecting people to nature across the nation with the National Park Service and as of recent, joining the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service as a refuge ranger, connecting communities to Don Edwards San Francisco Bay National Wildlife Refuge in Fremont, California. Welcome, Miguel Marquez, and Feliz Año Nuevo. Thank you, Leslie, for having me, and uh, Feliz Año Nuevo. Happy to join. Thank you. Thank you. Before we explore and learn from your experience, would you please share with us your favorite Redwood experience that stands out in your memory, perhaps bringing a smile to your face and warming your heart? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I probably was about I probably was about ten years old in third grade. Uh, my parents. Uh, took us to Redwood Park often um, on weekends, celebrating birthdays and all that. But I remember being on the trails with my cousins and brothers. Uh, the parents were at the grill in the barbecue area, and we would just let run free exploring the trails and, uh, you know, laughing, crying, falling, seeing new mm-hmm. sights that we didn't see in our own backyard uh, on 40th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a way for us to explore, and we grew up there. But I remember very vividly uh coming down the trail uh you know we're getting poison oak and all that stuff falling in thorn brush bushes but i remember something caught my eye to the left (laughs) and i looked you know something on the left uh, side of me like flew over my head and i turned to the left and i remember seeing a huge owl just soaring through the Mm. trees it was like lush you know the green everything was green and it was flying through the trees and then it kind of swooped up and landed on a branch and it turned back, like his head did a full 180, and it turned back and stared at us. And it was like a great horned owl. And I was like, just sitting there looking at it like, wow, I was so in awe. And the feeling, I just, it's indescribable. I, just, I was, you know, a 10-year-old kid, and I, I never seen that, you know, something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just remember thinking, like, this is wild. Literally, like, this is really, really wild. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was so quiet. You know, it was really, really silent and quiet. And it sat there and I'm like, wow, this thing really lives here. I've only seen, you know, this beautiful wildlife. I thought it was something far away, right? Like I didn't know I had this in Oakland and Mm -hmm. I always seen this in magazines or in books or on Discovery Channel growing up watching TV. Um, So, yeah, that was probably my most memorable um, experience uh, in the Redwoods at Redwood Regional Park in Oakland, California with my um, siblings and family. 
That's wonderful. Absolutely. There's nothing like experience it for experiencing it for real in real life. Uh, how would you describe how your cultural background influenced your love of the outdoors and in your career? Um, I, I, I definitely, uh, feel like, um, you know, growing up in Oakland, uh, I have three, three brothers, a one bedroom apartment, um, right next to Jefferson elementary. Uh, I feel like that environment pushed us to explore nature. And also I, I do, I do <laughs> feel like my dad coming from Mexico, him, you know, being in Mexico and living, uh, uh, his life there and coming to the United States and, you know, my aunts and uncles and my tios and cousins, they, they, they always want to be outside. They remember the freedom and being able to go out into the mountains and explore the Sierras. Right. And mm -hmm. so my dad was always taking us to Redwood park with all the deals and the compadres and the uncles and their barbecuing. I mean, every weekend was a barbecue. So we couldn't do that in Oak. I mean, in our one bedroom apartment in the concrete jungle. So my parents took us to Redwood park. So I do feel like my father and his background coming from Mexico, uh, gave us the opportunity and he wanted us to explore the outdoors. So he took us to Redwood to let run free, to not be in trouble, to not be, you know, around the sirens and the gunshots. So we were at Redwood Park. I mean, for every birthday, we had piñatas, uh, carne asadas, you know, they would have their coffee. And us kids grew up there. We, like I said, we would explore the trails, get lost, come back when it's dark. Parents, we would leave, you know, we would get muddy and we would get in trouble for, you know, getting muddy. And then at the same time, we would laugh about it later. And I do feel like I, I really found myself in that habitat, you know, with the shelter of the redwood trees, the the bond I had with my family and these memories. Now that I have these memories, it really, um, I feel like that, that experience and that background, my father coming from Mexico and us living in Oakland, California, we were exposed to the outdoors to get away from, uh, the small one bedroom apartment to, for us to grow. <laughs> so that it was a great, uh, great experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It sounds wonderful. And I'm so glad that your father and your family has included this into your upbringing. And mm -hmm. I mean, nature is a very, very key component of what it sounds like to me, your tradition and celebrations. I think we can all agree that 2020 was a very chaotic year, and we also know there are countless scientific studies that illustrate how one's connection to nature correlates to our overall well-being, giving us strength to face our struggles and inspire us to continue with our dreams and goals. In other words, we're adapting and being resilient with the outdoors. What role do you think Redwoods and the outdoors in general will play in how you cultivate your own well-being and resilience this year? Uh, I know definitely coming off of, uh, 2020 and looking forward to 2021 and, uh, really getting on my, my health and well-being. Um, and I encourage everyone else also to take breaks from work, the commute. Um, since I moved back to the Bay area, I've seen the traffic more than quadruple and double. Um, 
it's just fast and busy and busy, right? And uh, it's sure. the, the yes. repetitive, you know, the repetitive over and over routine. But I definitely want, and I'm making a goal to go back to the redwoods, to go back to those same feelings, the love, the the exploration that I felt, and the family that I felt growing up with the redwoods. Because that, you know, it's a, definitely a good feeling that I had. Um, me being 39 years old, uh, you know, there's, you know, I, I need to take control of, you know, you know, some, some blood pressure and some, some, you know, mental health issues. So it's like, I definitely know that when I go to the Redwoods, the sounds, the sights, the new, uh, adventures that I see and explore, it's definitely going to help me. And 2021, um, I'm really gonna, uh, you know, put myself out there and, introduced the Redwoods to my friends. I have friends that moved here from DC and we've been on hikes uh, and they're exploring the Redwoods now. Uh, and yeah, I definitely want to, you know, link up back up with my cousins and friends who, who really do uh, mountain biking a lot, you know, dirt trail riders on Thanksgiving, they try to do early morning uh, turkey rides. And of course the day after Thanksgiving, I want to really, really remind myself and really commit to doing an opt outside hike or do something outdoors. But Instead of traveling, you know, super far away, I can go to the Redwoods, to the Oakland Hills at Redwood Park. Maybe it's Roberts Regional Park or even Joaquin Miller. It's the same ridge. Those Redwoods are there. They're, you know, right above the Oakland Hills. So uh, I do know that 2021 I will be exploring and taking time out of my weekends and day offs to go back to the Redwoods and spend time there. And I know it truly. I'm sure they'll do you well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know for sure it will uh, definitely help with stress, anxiety, um, depression, and your overall health. It's, it's a beautiful place to be in. So, yeah, just listening to the sounds and sights. Yep. So that's definitely what I'm looking forward to to 2021 in the Redwoods. Wonderful. Overall our well-being dependent mm-hmm. on how well we connect with our na- with the redwoods and nature outside. Yeah. As we begin this wondrous new year, still adapting to our virtual reality, I'm curious in your current role as an urban ranger with US Fish and Wildlife, mm-hmm. what belief or perspective about community outreach gives you hope as we think about meeting our communities where they're at, their interests, their needs. Perhaps you could share some insights. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, something that gives me hope and joy and, and, uh, and I really believe in community outreach, it, and especially during these, these troubled times where everyone's indoors, everyone's looking at the computer screen, um, finding ways to reach them, even though I can't do it in person. So, of course, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and our partners, the San Francisco Bay Wildlife uh, Society, they've been doing virtual programs. So Facebook Lives, um, you know, we're trying to hit every audience. Not everyone follows us on Facebook. So how do we go inside the homes? How do we bring the refuge and wildlife and the habitat inside homes? So what I've done was I, um, I partnered with some of the cities around the Bay Area. The first one was the city of San Leandro with their Parks and Rec Department and Human Services. I put together over 100 packets. I put together brochures, uh, bookmarks, mm-hmm. educational material, 
It's really an outreach packet that I coloring books, literature, trail guides, and uh, somewhere in Spanish as well. And then really just a uh, hundred of those packets went out to uh, families in need. And That's I look awesome. for, yeah, and I'm looking forward to like going do, hitting the tri cities like Fremont, Union City, uh, Hayward, going all around the bay, and just really just uh, introducing these people to the wildlife the wildlife refuge and who we are. So. Uh, like I said, not everyone's catching on to the Facebook lives. They may miss it. They may not even follow us. So like I said, getting into their homes, having that physical brochure and those books, I think is very important. So that's something that I, uh, I'm really adamant about and, um, brings me joy. Absolutely. I think that's, that's great because, um, we are living in such a virtual world, but Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody necessarily can wants to be connected virtually at all times. I think yeah. we miss the opportunity to have things in our hands or see mm. it yeah. by our, you know, with our own eyes. And, and so this is wonderful that you're able to provide mm. um, material for families to engage with. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And uh, I look forward to, you know, this is like a brief introduction to just our logo, uh, who we are, some of the birds and habitats. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm really hopeful that in the future, this will springboard us into when we do in-person programs. They're going to, you know, oh, remember, look, look at my uniform. This is the same logo that was on your book. And, you know, just really, I feel like I'm meeting my community, um, introducing the community to who we are. And I, I do, I'm positive that in the future it's going to pay off and they'll start coming to our programs and we'll start going to their schools. And we're really making Don Edwards and the San Francisco Bay National Wildlife Refuge. We're really, really doing a lot of great work virtually and uh, with these outreach packets. So it's going to be a great year. Great. I look forward <clears throat> to learning more about them. Yeah. Let's let's switch gears for a bit and talk about how representation matters, not only in how we're viewed by our society, but more importantly in how we view ourselves. During our prior conversations, Miguel, you commented on how you've been blessed to have mentors during your National Park Service career that empowered you to develop your strengths and take on the challenges that have built your character. Mm-hmm. Would you please take a moment to share with us what influence did representation have on you and in finding your life's purpose? Perhaps yeah. you might want to share a story, inspirational story, mm-hmm. um, and also perhaps uh why does representation in the outdoor recreation and outdoor careers matter? Yes, that's a great question. And I know that really, really outdoor representation um, and mentorship really, really matters. And it really was inspirational for me to have the mentors that I have in my career, my professional career. Not only are there mentors, but they're my friends. So my, I will say out of all the three national parks that I've worked at, the national park sites I've worked all three superintendents were uh, Hispanic. My first superintendent in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., National Capital Parks East, was Alex Romero. And he comes from New York. Uh, he's a superintendent, a professional uh, career with the National Park Service. And I just really looked up to him and, you know, just his, his mentorship and advice and his support on all of my programs his support on my programs to reach out to Latino outdoors, to reach out to the uh, Congressional Hispanic Staff Association. So like he was really supportive of, you know, doing the outreach and thinking outside the box. So right off the bat, like seeing him in uniform, 
really inspired me to, you know, be prideful in my uniform and to look back and say, you know what, maybe I can inspire someone else like he inspired me. Mm-hmm. So that I think was really important because I would go to work and I knew I had support. My coworkers were super, super supportive and we supported each other. Um, and then in Washington, D.C., <clears throat> meeting other people like uh, we, we, we would join these Latino events and Hispanic events and go on top of the DOI building and meet with the secretary of interior. And I was just like, wow, you know, really powerful uh, uh, Latinos in this field really, really inspired me to continue growing. And uh, so after five years in D.C., I moved to Hot Springs National Park and again, uh, Cuban-American superintendent there. Uh, Josie Fernandez, which was a really strong leader and inspirational for me. And I'm like, wow, two superintendents of mine were uh, Hispanic. And then when I got to San Francisco for the Juan Bautista de Anza National Stewart Trail, we had a Mexican-American, Naomi Torres, and very strong leader and advocate for the trails and the parks. So yeah, I'm super excited and I'm blessed to say that, wow, you know, this representation really matters. And now I feel that I am, you know, I want to pass the torch too and continue to be a leader and a mentor to the new young rangers. And I see it over social media. So many of the interns, so many of these uh, fellowships that I've seen through the, you know, these, these Hispanic heritage programs and internships, they are becoming part-time and even full-time park rangers across the service. It's really, really warms my heart. And it's exciting because we're spreading, you know, there's, there's more and more um, diversity coming up in the service and the public lands management agencies. So it's exciting. Miguel, there's no doubt in my mind, given your career goals and your network with over 2,000 Instagram followers, which is a lot, that you take <laughs> community engagement seriously. And through many professional associations, it's safe to say that you have your finger on the outdoor recreation and conservation pulse. So what new opportunities do you see emerging for increasing and improving representation in the outdoor recreation and outdoor careers? And what advice would you give a young person of color with similar career interests, but doesn't have access or connections to a mentor Mm -hmm. that represents their culture or diversity in the outdoors? Um, How would you suggest that they get their foot in their door? Yeah, definitely. I think that's great. You know, that's definitely a topic right now that's important. Um, and it ties into, you know, the the virtual learning, right? And being in your house or, you know, being working from home and what access do people have? But I think new opportunities that are emerging um, for increasing and improving representation in the outdoors is social media. You know, that computer that you hold in your hand, that cell phone, Um I know a lot of things are going virtual. A lot of agencies, a lot of federal land management agencies, they have social media, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's mm-hmm. a great opportunity to showcase and to highlight these diverse individuals from all walks of life. And diversity, I mean, from, from all types of diversity. Um, so I think definitely, you know, these agencies have the power to representation matters, right? And to really showcase and inspire communities all across the nation. Um, So that's definitely an opportunity right there is really, really, really highlighting representation matters. And then I know that a lot of other Instagrammers and social media uh, influencers, they're 
they're getting on board with uh with companies and 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 brands and you know we're getting on magazines getting on commercials getting on flyers that's important but i do want to advise and my my advice to up and coming you know rangers and outdoor advocates is to get with groups that are like-minded individuals get with people that look like you there are so many right. nonprofits out there there are so many uh so many you know avenues that you can like build a network in and connect with them volunteer uh connect definitely build your resume and really tap into people that are already doing that work so many rangers including myself were so happy to help and talk and give advice so and it, and it's really through social media you, you know you 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 have a friend on social media maybe it's still like you know someone for so long because you've been following for a year and I want to say slide in their DMs, ask them a question, they'll respond and then you exchange emails. And then you go from there, there's so many people that really network that way and you build your outdoor network. But also what's important, I, I'm talking about building your network with like-minded individuals and whether it's Latino outdoors, outdoor Afro, outdoor Asian. Also join the groups that don't look like you, because guess what? Those groups need to see you out there. So mm-hmm. if I'm going right. fishing, I'm I'm going to go fishing with my cousins and my friends and all my compadres, right? But at the same time, I should be going fishing where other people that don't look like me go fishing and show them that I'm out here with my ugly stick and I'm out here with my, I don't have the fancy waders, but guess <laughs> what? I'm still fishing. I may not be catching nothing, but guess what? I'm out here with you and it's okay. <laughs> so I think that's mm-hmm. important too. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's and there's great. so much internships out there, you know, and, and like I said, again, I reiterate my advice to up and coming, aspiring future leaders in the outdoors is to get involved with your local community, get involved with uh, cleanups. There's so many organizations and nonprofits that are that may not be diverse, but you know what? You know, join them on the cleanups, join them on. Uh, the creek cleanups and the beautification projects and, and, you know, be a part of the bird groups. I love birding, you know, like I'm a Raider fan, but I also love birding and join those bird groups and (laughs) you're going to learn a lot. That's great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those encouraging words. Mm -hmm. And I think in that word encouraging, we need to find courage in order to be in those places that we don't Mm -hmm. see yeah. ourselves or maybe our presentation. So thank you for that. Now, if we may, let's dream a little. Mm-hmm. Given your extensive park ranger experience and personal visitation to parks across California and the United States, if you could design your dream Redwood Park, what would it look like? Mm. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a good one. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little... Uh, I will say, you know, coming from Oakland and, uh, you know, Redwood Park being in my own backyard, uh, uh, that's definitely something that I have in mind. Um, and I know how close it was for me living in the flatlands in Oakland to be able to just drive up to Oakland and the access is big. So a dream Redwood Park would be something for me uh, that's, that's healthy, that has its healthy habitat and streams and definitely have its wild, wild uh seasons and trout that'd be beautiful uh, streams that are unobstructed and uh healthy you know uh, healthy thriving habitat for the wildlife but also accessible for 
people for us to go in and enjoy, mm-hmm. to reap the benefits of these beautiful places, health, uh, physical wellness. Um, I would love to see my dream Redwood Park have uh, be accessible to all. Um, you know, close your eyes for a minute and, and think about walking on a trail or thinking about walking on that boardwalk. If you close your eyes, you don't see any signs. So how are these signs available mm-hmm. for someone who are visually impaired? Um, you know, having something called mm-hmm. Braille trails, you know, have a railing that has, you know, information and, and, and really, I'm really, really big on accessibility. So uh, yeah, a dream park would be something accessible, healthy uh, to this, the, the community that, that surrounds that Redwood. Uh, not so much only for the international travelers that can pay the bucks to fly out and visit them and then go home. But no, have these Redwood parks accessible and available for the people that are surrounding that community because they're going to love it. They're going to protect it and they're going to advocate for it. Yes. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. Okay. So we're coming towards the end of our podcast with Miguel Marquez and what we'd like to do which with each of our podcasts is a lightning round of questions so that we could have a little bit more of fun and humor and insights mm-hmm. into our guests. <laughs> I so, wonder if I can phone a friend. Here we I'm... go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you need any help with answering yeah, these. A bonus, yeah. We'll see. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, are you ready? Yep, ready. Okay. Here you go. Your favorite Redwood Park? Uh, Redwood Regional Park in Oakland, California. Yes. When hiking, do you tend to look up or down? I'm normally looking down at my feet. You know, unfortunately, I, I would like to look up more, but normally I'm looking down, watching where I'm stepping. Who's on your road trip playlist? Uh, revolution, Iration, uh, um, some Maroon 5. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, a few old school rap from Oakland, you know, Too Short, uh, Kick the Snake, E-40. Yeah. All right. Got to listen to your playlist. <laughs> Choose one, land, air, or sea? Land. Hey. I can't swim, so I, I'm not going with the sea. <laughs> <laughs> In your opinion, What's the smartest animal? A raven. Mm, they are. They're so wicked mm-hmm. smart. Who's your hero? My hero would be Cesar Chavez. Yes. What's your comfort food? It's going to be fried chicken with ranch and barbecue sauce. <laughs> Ooh, ranch and barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the next one is perfect follow-up. Do you double dip? Uh, no. <laughs> That's good. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that. <laughs> one word mantra for this year. Forward. Like I think we were talking forward. about earlier, you know, the, 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 the forward windshield, the windshield in front of you is larger than your rearview mirror, so don't want to look back. I don't want to be looking in my rearview mirror. I want to go forward through my windshield. I hear you. And now for this final question, knowing that the Redwoods Parks have played a big role in your life, mm-hmm. childhood memories, 
your interest in your career and possibly even getting married in the mm-hmm. Redwoods. We know that it's been a big role in nurturing your overall well-being. Please bring us home by explaining to our listeners why they should experience the Redwoods. Yes, uh, man, just the feeling just you know brings me back to Redwood and growing up. I definitely would uh, um, encourage you know everyone to experience the Redwoods uh, in their life. Um, my experience has been family, love, uh, growth, and just a lot of memories. Growing up in Oakland, I have a lot of my some of my friends and cousins that I've grew up going to Redwoods. Redwood Park and exploring the the barbecues and exploring the trails. Some of those friend those friends are no longer with us today. Uh, some of them are incarcerated, but I know right now they may be sitting in that jail cell and they probably remember those beautiful experiences with the Redwoods, with our family, and that love that we felt. Um, yeah, experience the Redwoods in your lifetime. The sights, the sounds. Uh, I know you look down when you're hiking, but sometimes look up, you may see that great horned isle. Um, beautiful, you know, beautiful life under your feet and beautiful life in the trees and the canopy and being able to touch that redwood, being able to feel that redwood, absolutely, being able to feel the power and, you know, just think about the time that redwood's been on this earth and not talking about old growth. I mean, you know, some of the, you know, new growth, but imagine the old growth been here forever and they've been through a lot they've been through so much we can learn so much from these redwoods um and you're right you know my childhood memories i think 2021 i'm looking forward to sharing my tradition my brother and my nephews we take them to the redwoods we're reliving those moments with our with our with our family and i'm looking forward to possibly getting married in the redwoods and surrounding myself with this beautiful uh cathedral of trees so yes for all the listeners out there, if you come to California, if you're, uh, I have a few friends in Arizona that flew out and, you know, what did me and Jose Gonzalez do? We say, hey, let's take them to the Santa Cruz Mountains. Let's take them to see the Redwood Tree. Uh, so hit me up, hit up um, Save the Redwood League. And definitely, um, I encourage encourage everyone to experience the Redwoods in their in their lifetime. Thank you, Miguel. That's well said. And and if it's okay with you, can we share your Instagram yeah. handle? With others, yep. okay. If you'd like to follow Miguel Marquez on Instagram, his handle is mggy1. Follow him; he's he's just an inspiration for all. Thank you so much, Miguel. This has been just a wonderful time getting to know you better and mm-hmm. you sharing your experience and insights with us, and and most importantly, the encouragement that you're giving all of us for new beginnings in this new year to go out, see the redwoods, enjoy it, and feel the healing power of the forest. Thank you for listening to I'll Go If You Go, a Save the Redwoods League podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Farra, wishing everyone a prosperous and healthy new year. Thank you, Leslie.